Hi, welcome to Expressing Motherhood's podcast. My name is Lindsay Cavett, and I'm the producer of the stage show Expressing Motherhood. Expressing Motherhood's podcast is a little different in that I'll be talking to creative moms and finding out what they're up to and um, what kind of projects they're up to and when and where they're actually getting their work done. So today I have Beth Littleford. As you know, she's a well-known actress. She lives in Los Angeles. She's a mom of two, and I've been lucky enough to meet her because she's been um, in Expressing Motherhood a few times. And Beth has a huge list of credentials. She, You might recognize her from, most recently, the Emmy-nominated Disney show Dog with a Blog. She was also on films, lots of them, some of them, one of them called Crazy Stupid Love, another one called It's Not You, It's Me. And uh, also on TV, you might have seen her on the Mindy Project or Desperate Housewives. So anyway, Beth, hi, are you there? I'm here. Hi, honey. <laughs> Listening to you real long. I wanted to interrupt. Well, don't forget the Daily Show. No, they probably I, wouldn't know me from It's Not You, It's Me. That was an indie. Like, I want to control oh your your introduction of my credits. <laughs> I know. I know. And I had all of that up there. And, of course, anyway, so Beth is, you were the oh, first. slightly controlling. Before on the daily show and you got that because of interesting enough your one woman show which had a huge run off broadway in new york city and somebody came and saw that and then that's how you got your first job right i mean yeah yeah it was a it was a complete snowball and it started from being frustrated like a frustrated actor in new york um, you know, doing these, you know, tiny black box theaters and begging friends and family to come. And then, you know, we finally, I finally found my way to comedy and then just started like being proactive, like, okay, we're going to, you know, we're, set, we're setting up a sketch group, we're writing sketches, we're perfecting the sketches at, at these little improv shows that were going up every week. We are, we finally got a, a fantastic showcase together. Oh, there's my girl. There's my three-year-old. She's off to preschool soon. And, um, just made it happen and a manager happened that we invited hi baby happened to see me and he said do a one-woman show and you'll get some heat on you and i can get some people to see you and so what i did was i took out an ad in the village voice which is like the la weekly like it's a it's a you know it's a fantastic like downtowny arty paper and then i wrote the show i took out an ad that a month from then i would be doing a one-woman show and I had not written the one-woman show. I forced myself. It's kind of like how I do for Expressing yeah. Motherhood. It's like, oh, really? You're having a show coming up in June? All right. Tell me when and I'll write something. You know, it's just I, I forced myself to write it because I had placed the ad and I had put a hold on this tiny, tiny, you know, 35-person theater. And um, so I wrote it and, the, you know, the, the dress was hellacious. That you know the dress in tech was hellacious. And then opening night was okay. And then it got better and better. And the last... Uh, night of it, this manager, who was a fantastic giant comedy manager who I couldn't even, you know, make a call to now, but he happened to come see it and bring an agent and then uh, Circle Rep, which is a great, was a fantastic off-Broadway theater. We invited, you know, every theater in town and they were the only people who came and they said, you know what, we need a late night show. We're trying to start this late night thing and yours is perfect. And then it got some legs, as they say, and some decent reviews and it got extended and on the last night of its extension comedy central you know the manager got comedy central to come and they happened to be like casting this wide net 
for a little show called The Daily Show, an infotainment like nightly thing, you know, kind of based on Sports Center, whatever. It was so long ago. But they really, they, they, they look to everyone from like Joy Behar to all these guys you know now, like Louis C.K. and, you know, all just everybody who was doing anything in New York having to do with comedy. All these guys from the sketch group, The State. I mean, it might be before some of your listeners' times. But, um, but yeah, really everyone and their dog you know basically was pitching a piece like to be a news correspondent on this show and um you know this was a long time ago but i did the first four years and i was doing it when stephen colbert came on and i was doing it when steve carell came on and um you know and it was it went from this tiny little like cable accessy um you know we've got a corner of the pbs building and let's put on a show to you know the giant giant Emmy winner that it is today and uh yeah and it was great and it really was to me a lesson in like build it they will come make it happen or else you're just going to languish in your sort of you know you do that I mean you make so much happen I can't believe you have three kids and you're constantly juggling all kinds of creative projects and you you just make stuff happen so thank you and you know it's funny because my friend Diane Farr who I think you've met um, yes. also, yeah, another LA actress, but she was somebody who told me I oh, years ago before I had done expressing motherhood, I said, well, I just, I don't know. I have this idea, but you know, I want to get it done. Right. And she kind of said, don't wait until it's perfect because you'll never get anything done. She's like, I just That's throw true. a bunch of shit out there and then something's yeah. going to happen. I mean, and I, to me, I, I really took those words what she had to say and I so I think you did it too I mean you booked a theater before you had yeah, anything this written. Is, it's true and otherwise I wouldn't have written anything because I I get the old um you know pr- procrastination perfectionism paralysis I think that's the order maybe it's yeah perfectionism procrastination paralysis basically yeah you know I've got ADD I'm a perfectionist I'm scared I you know I have all these things that 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 make writing terrifying and that make committing to a piece and editing a piece and putting it up there, you know, I, I can get on stage. I enjoy that. You you watch me. You you know I enjoy that. But yeah. but, but to to create something to get me on stage, which as you know now I do, because otherwise maybe I won't be getting on stage. Like this is my chance to not be at the mercy of others to let me perform. Like I'm I am my own free agent. I you know I have some agency. Right. I have some power to be creative. I'm going to make it happen. I also believe in, like, throwing it out there and seeing what sticks. Like, when I first came to Expressing Motherhood, I think I was also just like, I will ask and or I will say yes to anything that comes in that comes into my even wow. peripheral vision about yeah. um, performance opportunities, certainly that spoken word stuff. So, I, you know, everything around town, sit and spin, spark off rose, you know, yeah. um, on cabaret, you know, any of that stuff. I will ask to do, or I will say yes, and I will do what they want me to do. I'm doing Taboo Tales um, mm-hmm. next Wednesday. Uh, so, you know, that'll be exciting because that's, that's, that's taboo uh, subjects, um, which are always fun. You know, you know me. I'm kind of an open book. Uh, I can tell you, we can go over the names of my pieces, right, that I've written for your show. Yeah, the one is Letter to My Son's Future. Say again? People who are not from Los Angeles, L.A. has a really big, thriving spoken word scene. Uh, yes. And that's what is really cool about her. Is, I mean, you know, you're a working actress. And the fact that you're doing these shows 
although a lot of them, I mean, some of them have huge people behind them. I know, like, um, Jill Soloway, she started since then, I think, right? Jill Soloway. Who's she, yeah, she and, hasn't been involved in a while, but yes, she. some of them, yeah, and Beth Lapidus on Cabaret used to just be, you know, would get everyone in from Janine Garofalo to, you know, um, Julia Sweeney to, you know, I mean, so you you get big, big names at some of these, but really you're doing it to either just work, just get your creative muscle flexing, to work out new material, to work out anything from like, I want to write a piece for the Huffington Post, to I want to write a book, to I got to, you know, work on my stand-up, to I got to just get on stage and do something, um, or I'm going to take a chance, you know, so she's had, when I was, I did it one night with two people from, with Sherry O'Terry from Saturday Night Live, and then, um, Oh, God, what's his name from Mad TV? Um, anyways, but people who come for, like me from sketch, either from like, yeah. you know, I came from sort of straight boring drama and then through sketch and improv, but not, you know, I'm not a stand-up. You know, I've been asked to do stand-up and it's, um, and I really, it ends up being more spoken word than stand-up, but I'm funny. I like my punchlines, but um, yeah, the truth is you do it for no glory. You'd certainly do it for no money, but you do it just for the love of, of getting up there and being creative and, uh, wow. you know, saying something. You. I mean, Jessica and I, um, you know, we're just so happy that to me, that's a sign that you are such an artist, you know, that you would do this as well. You know, anyway. Oh, you're sweet. But, Sometimes I do it. I feel like I do it just to keep my sanity through pilot season. And again, if these, nobody knows what pilot season is, it's the most sort of, depressing demoralizing period for especially tv comedy actors where you just your audition you get an auditions thrown at you the night before you go you see you know diane farr and you're like well she's prettier and younger than i am so she's you know whatever (laughs) and they're just like you know and you literally hear things like you were the best one they just want someone hotter you know you literally hear the most demoralizing discouraging uh things and and just to keep myself sane i've actually tried to do you know i've been working on the Disney show for the past several years, so I haven't been free to do this. But um, mm-hmm. this pilot season, I, you know, I was out there a little bit auditioning and just to keep myself from going insane. You know, there was no work. There was just auditioning, which just, which really is just rejection after rejection. So it's just like, sign me up, sign me up. What can I do? Where can I, I got to write something. Where can it go? You know, I did the girls from, you know, you've, you've started expressing motherhood, gave birth to this fantastic duo, Mommy Tonk. Um, and as you know, they just asked me at the last minute, like, come do our, come be a break in our show. Like, come be a little break in our, in our Mommy Tonk, like comedy music show. And um, I felt like I threw something together kind of day of. But you know it had been percolating, and uh, and and that's and a version of that I'm going to do next week at Taboo Tales, and you know what was great about going up and doing it and in, 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 with Mommy Tonk is that like you're there, you know I know I'm getting love from you, I'm getting love from the from our girls and Mommy Tonk, I'm getting love from the audience because they're like they're psyched, they're partying, they love what they're seeing, they're drinking, their parents, you know whatever it is, they relate to what I'm saying because I'm telling a story of you know as yeah. a mom. Um, yeah. you know, wrestling with my kids and, um, yeah. And the well, stuff I've done for you, go ahead, go ahead. Well, no, there's a couple things, but I mean, it's a little off top, but two things I wanted to talk about, although we can go back to, if you want to talk about the, you know, what you've talked about in my show, but you brought up, you know, Oh, there's Diane Farr. I know you're joking, but still, have you seen Amy Schumer's video last fuckable day? 
Fantastic. I put it on my Facebook page. I put it on my pro, my pre- private Facebook page where I have 27 friends because I'm like, I can't do real Facebook. It's High school was hard enough. This is like high school on yeah. crack. But I do have a public Facebook page, which I can't put it up on because I've got like 100,000 nine-year-olds who, oh. who you know, who, who look at it. But I put it up on my – and I just said, oh, yeah. Because I yeah. know it so very well, oh and I God. and your listeners should, if they want to know what I'm talking about, your yes. listeners should watch these brilliant award-winning actresses, Tina Fey, Julia Dreyfus, um, and Patricia Arquette, and then mm-hmm. and then Amy Schumer sat down with them and was like, "What's this about? You're not fuckable anymore, and so you're so you're no longer acting. You know, like so it's all done, it's all yeah. over." She's like, "Listen, I can't believe I got to last this long." I kept thinking there was a mistake. Know. You know, it's really, well, I mean, I'm so glad they're making fun of it because it's I am so, devastating it's as an actress. It's so real, and I'm not an actress, but yet I've, you know, I'll talk to people and say, hey, well, there's somebody who wants to distribute, let's say, expressing motherhood stories, but then they say, well, the stories are too old. I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, there's such Wait a minute, the stories are, are told from, like, the the moms who write them are too old? That's what this what person, I mean? this man said he goes the millennials are not interested i'm like all right well who cares about the millennials but what about right. so many moms who i feel like want to hear stories but yet and then i've been told you know on hbo it's too male orient you know it's just for males um on lifetime you know i'm not saying expressing motherhood's a tv show or anything but i'm just saying i i, I was talking with mommy talk about it we just feel like there's this void there's still this yeah. i just never thought here i am i'm almost 40 i thought things would have changed by the time i was here there's just all these interesting amazing stories about women and we get more interesting as we get older and i don't oh i agree that we get far more interesting and you saw that I, here's the thing you saw the void get filled in sex in the city and hbo desperately tried to like well we got to have a man show about that so they tried with that mind the married man which is a piece of crap and nobody oh, watched right. but we were so hungry right. In Sex and the City, I mean, frankly, it was just gay men in the city. But, I mean, what they what they did touch on, and beautifully in the first movie also, was, de- you know, these deep abiding friendships, yeah. you know, and, and going through these life, these huge life transitions together, whether it's like the death of a parent or the birth of a child or, you know, it, it obviously there's a void. You're filling it. Mommy Tonk is filling it. I'm going out there and trying to fill it in my little tiny ways. There's obviously a void, and we're desperate to see to see ourselves reflected, you know, back um, yeah. in the media. And you finally, I think, you're getting women creating shows, television shows. Mm-hmm. Finally, I think it was it this year that, you know, there was, God, there was, you know, more women showrunners than men up for right. um, sure. awards. I'm not even sure for what, but I mean, it's like finally it was well, like. Lena Dunham and Jill Soloway, but I'm I almost feel like someone needs to start a new network, or if, if I was a billionaire, I would, but I'm not, uh, you know, or maybe somebody's going to do it with, you know, how Amazon, you know, the, the yes. other networks are taking off. It seems like that's where it's got to happen. And I also think it's like we just keep on following our passion. You're doing it. I'm, you just true. keep on following yeah. your passion. If there's any... Like, you know, I just read a Steve Jobs quote where it's like, you just got to keep on doing it no matter what anyone else says. And it's, I think it's very easy to get discouraged, I think, especially as a woman in Hollywood. But it's like, well, I mean, so I was talking to this Midwestern dude about it, and I was complaining about, you know, how hard it is to be a woman in comedy, certainly, because, you know, you're told, you're told from a young age women aren't funny. 
I mean, you are literally told yeah. flat out, you know, and I've gotten some people say, well, you're funny. Oh, well, thanks for thanks for excluding me from that old women aren't funny. But really just like yeah. don't think you can do this. Women aren't funny. So you just, you just, I mean, and it takes like a little bit of this Midwestern guy was like, I don't know, I'm a Midwestern. I say, do, make it happen. Bootstrap it. Do it anyway, you know. So um, that, and you're right. doing that. You are doing that. And you just keep on chugging. And I, I guess, you know, it, it is a sort of a build it, they will come, write it, they will come. If they don't, it doesn't matter because you're doing what you love yeah. and you're speaking your right. truth. And, yeah. you know, I think this town can sometimes overemphasize, you know, well, we got to sell it. And to, in order to sell it, you got to. Yeah. But I've, I've not seen as much, especially with women, not seen as much success with, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn my story inside out so you can sell it to NBC. I haven't seen that be right. successful. Um, yeah. you know, maybe, yeah, maybe on the fringe a little more, like the Jill Soloways and the Gingy Cohens, which that's orange is the new black and mm-hmm. transparent, well, you know. Go ahead. Success does not have to equal, sorry, success does not have to equal making a lot of money. I mean, I know that sounds, I mean, it would be nice to make money, but I think that's something as a creative person, I mean, that's where I've come from. I've just, yeah. this has just been and I think that's why you do the theater work, definitely. It's just your passion. Yeah. That right. I mean, because what's my drug of choice? Being in front of a live audience and getting laughs right. and getting connection and, and you know, writing writing that out with an audience. I mean, that's that's the high for me. That's why it's interesting. You get a lot of these young kids, these Disney Channel kids these days. It's just like, I just really want to be famous. I just really want to be on the Disney Channel. Sure. It's like, well, that's not what it's about, kiddos. It's like if someone tells me they want to be an actor – you know, my my husband, who I'm splitting up with, my husband of, 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 you know, 16 years says to them, if you can do anything else that you might enjoy, do that instead. And then I always add, but if you have to be an actor or performer, you have to do that. You must do that in whatever way you can. And it doesn't really matter how or if you make any money at it. You just have to do what you have to do as a, as an artist, as someone who's passionate about something, as someone who like you know I'm not gonna I, I'm not gonna keep it in I'm not gonna be discouraged I'm just gonna do what I feel I must do and what where my heart leads me and where my mind leads me and where my passion leads me so the whole like I just want to be famous thing that's that's gonna flame out quick if that's all you're chasing if you're just chasing fame um, and unfortunately I think that's what we're selling a lot these days to the kids. Um, mm-hmm. And that's really the empty pot of gold. And I think we all have, certainly, I know I have to, I'll speak only for me, I have to be careful not to look for validation outside. You know, speaking of empty pot of gold and like the hologram, it's not really real. You're looking for uh, success, validation, uh, money, someone telling you, yes, yes, you have it. I, you, here's the award, you know, um, here's the payoff. It's, it, that it, it can't be external. The payoff has to be, oh, I'm doing what I love, and that felt good. Oh, and tonight maybe wasn't as great tonight. That's all right. I'm gonna keep doing it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm just this is I'm a, like a, I'm a, I'm just a journeyman actor. I'm a journeyman yeah. performer. I do I do what I do because I have to, and I keep on chugging, you know. I love that about you. I know. And so you you brought up your your um, separation, which is gonna you will you guys are in the process of getting divorced, right? Yes, yes, just kind of waiting for the stamp. I mean, it has been a long, 
a long, uh, you know, it's funny when I had, was, had my 15th wedding anniversary, some, a guy who was a photographer of, you know, everyone from Lindsay Lohan to like, you know, the hottest little kids off Glee. And I, he, you know, it was our 15th wedding anniversary around that time that he took pictures of me and he goes, that's like 75 in actress years. And I was very proud that we should take married as long as we did in Hollywood. But ultimately it was like, yeah. it, you know, I became very clear. And I, and I, again, talk, talk about like following your gut and your heart ultimately became very clear that this was, you know, I'd done everything I could and it wasn't going to work anymore. And we still co-parent, you know, lovingly and, you know, he's yeah. still family, but um, it has been a lot, a long time uh coming and you know i sat a long time with like just for today i am married and more will be revealed and so you know i mean there's i i certainly try to live this same thing that i'm preaching which is like one day at a time keep on moving and 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 don't you know i feel like if this if one of the gifts of middle age is that like your gut does not lie your body will not lie it cannot it will it will make you live your truth um, or you'll so, get or you'll get sick and you'll get yeah. migraines, which I've got, you know, or you'll get, yeah, or you'll get literally sick to your stomach. You will literally yeah. be unable mm-hmm. to stomach an untenable situation or an untenable mm-hmm. job or an untenable relationship, you know? So, um, yeah. so I feel like that is a gift that I'm giving myself. And that's a gift of this time of life, which is, I mean, I, I, there was a mom at my son's school who's a friend who was just like having a real hard time with the fact that I'm turning 40. And I was like, sister, if 40 is, if this decade is anything, it is a time to come into your own. We've all yeah. had, our, you know, we've all were messing, you know, we're all screwing up and just making like horrible mistakes, Monica Lewinsky level mistakes, except for they weren't for, thank God, in front of like the national lens. Um, I just saw her TED talk on public shaming and I was like, oh, God bless you, girl. I just am so glad that no one saw what I was doing when I was 22. Um, and then yeah. you like, you, you try to nose to the grindstone it and, you know, you're popping out your puppies, you know, your kids and you're trying to yeah. like build your career and what am I doing with my life and then if there's any gift of the 40s it's like okay what about me what about yeah. my self-actualization my truth my self-care um you know how do i need help how do i need support and how am i going to live um and so i feel like it's this time where you can really come into your own power um so that whole old school conceptualization of 40 as like oh over the hill because she said yeah. some of her friends were like well you still you still look like you're in your 30s it's like fuck that I don't care how I, if I look like I'm in my 30s right. I want to live my truth and my power you know so yeah. I, I, I gave her a talking to which she's like that's the best thing I've heard good because the whole like you don't look like it thing okay well next year I may look yeah. like it so then my life's going to be over you know exactly. so again in this town it's hard but. It is hard. And you said something about taking care of yourself. And that, so that brings me to another stereotype about actresses and L.A. moms is the fact that a lot of us have nannies. And I wanted to oh, talk yeah, to I know. you about Mommy that. talked as a thing. She has help. She has help. I'll tell you yeah. what. I need all the help I can get to raise my kids. I need all the help I can get. We don't have a village anymore. So I hire a village. I get a village. I, you know, I gather a village however I can. And it's I think this idea I think it's doing a solid disservice. I'm going to martyr myself to to parent my kids. I'm going to be the best parent I can, like it's a freaking Olympic race. Like I think it's doing a disservice certainly to moms. They're burning out. And I think think the the hyper-focus on these kids and this – and, you know, I've got to do this the best I can, yep. and I've got to be the best kids with the most activities. I think you're creating a generation of kids who are um, 
who have no – listen to me, I'm so judgy. This is what I'm hearing. I'm hearing from people in – you know, in universities and people in the workplace saying that the generation of kids coming in, they have no initiative. They have no, they've not met no obstacles. They've, they haven't had to problem solve. They're fragile. They're entitled. Like this is horribly overgeneralizing, I know. But what right. what's happened from this like super mom momming thing that we've all done, which is I know is a reaction to the fact that we were raised by wolves. So we've all mm-hmm. swung to the other side and we're trying to be super mom and it's killing it is killing us, and um, and so I feel like I'm. I, it's kind of a blessing in disguise that I have ADD because my children just, you know, I think otherwise I would be a more worried mom and a more anxious mom and a mom who is more likely to punish myself, you know, self-flagellate over I'm not doing well enough. But then there's this whole school of thought like good enough parenting is the way you want to go. Because if you try for perfect parenting, everyone gets, just gets really stressed out and burnt out. Um, so for me, being a good enough parent means like, oh, oh, you've climbed the wall. Can you get down? Well, try to get down. You know, <laughs> my attention's over here. You know, and yeah. you know, most of the time it gets down. One time there was a compound fracture and he had to be medevaced out in a, in a uh, you know, mm-hmm. to the to, for emergency yeah. surgery. But it makes a good story. <laughs> <laughs> It'll make an expressing motherhood story. <laughs> oh, I love it. And I, you know, I ended up, my first child, I did not have any help till he was about a year old because I came from the Midwest and thought I'm not going to be like, you know, these spoiled LA, you know, Hollywood moms, which that's horrible to say, but you know what I mean? In the back of my head, I guess I thought that way, but I was. Exhausted. Yeah. Well, welcome to postpartum depression. I mean, like, were you yeah, not exactly. losing it? Worse, my husband, I was losing it. And then so finally I started to get a little bit of help. And then my second child, I did have postpartum and I didn't have enough help. And then finally I got a nanny. And it's like, you know, I felt like even when I said it, I was saying like I had a venereal disease or something. But people, yeah, you know, nanny is kind of a bad word. I know. I mean, not so much in my circles anymore. The nanny, the nanny. But it does. I know people who haven't had kids or who don't who don't yeah. have the quote unquote the help. It sounds. Yeah, it sounds like the book. About the 60s in Alabama, the nanny sounds really, really spoiled. But I just, I have to be true to myself, which is to say, first of all, I like being a working mom. I like being creative. I like having time to myself. And I'm a better mom. Uh, when mm-hmm. I when I have that, well, I, what's interesting when we were together for that screening of that film at your house um, about women's creativity. Trump. Yeah, Mary Trunk's film Lost and Living, which is a great Lost movie and Living, which was great, but was really uh, what was interesting uh, was she didn't all those women didn't we didn't see the help. So the help was either behind the scenes or they weren't having the help or they had one child who they could take with them everywhere while they had their sort of, their sort of, you know, uh, dabblings in art, you know, we're we're all dabbling in art. I don't mean to condescend, but what, what, what was missing for me in that was like, okay, what, what, what about those of us? And there are many of us, by the way, who have to work or are working or whatever we're doing. And we need someone to help care for our child or someone's even seeing our child more than we are in those early years. You know, I, Hallie was born. We adopted Hallie uh, two weeks later. My show got picked up. She's two months old. I start a full-time sitcom, which is, you know, there's certainly more grueling jobs in Hollywood, but it was fairly grueling. And there was three years of it. And, um, you know, this dog with the blog, it was long hours. And, uh, you know, and that, you know, I wouldn't have given it up for the world. But what I was doing in those first couple of months, hello, postpartum, and I wasn't even really medically partum, was crying on my way to work 
because I was leaving her. But then, you know, would not, wouldn't give up the work for the world, you know, but sitting in the makeup chair crying because I was away from her. But God forbid, I actually, you know, I would never want to give up that job. I wanted that job. So I was, right. it was kind of like I was screwing myself both ways instead of just being like, oh, guess what? This is what I need to work. Yeah. And this is how I have quality time with my child. And um, what I heard at your house that night of the screening was someone talking about, mothering and getting angry and and i said oh i notice i get more angry on the weekends when i have when i mother full-time when i don't have help and i don't get the break to go to work i get more angry the rest of the time i'm not an angry mom i'm not a yelly mom but if you if, if i get pushed past my what i can handle i uh i i become yelly mom and i'd rather not be yelly mom you know so I'd rather just do what I need to do for myself and, and really respect self-care as like the whole cliche of, you know, put the the, the oxygen mask on yourself first, yeah. then put it on the, your kid. Um, the, yes, the we're self-care. Going to run out of time. cut me off in 40 seconds. Oh, well, Sorry, say goodbye, I'm... my love. No, no, don't say goodbye. I I've preached it. enough, I think, for one day. Have I preached enough? No, I loved it. Are you kidding me? Thanks for being Good. a part of it, and I I've loved it all. Thank you. I, we could have it went by really fast. Okay, it's definitely it gonna it's it's gonna cut me off, girl. Okay. Okay. Well, hopefully, that's... I wasn't too judge Judy. Okay, but I believe in what no. I was saying. <laughs> okay, I'll talk to you later, and thanks so much for being on. Thanks, babe. Bye. Okay, bye. Everybody, find more about Beth Littleford at bethlittleford.com or go see her Facebook page. Thanks for joining me and use Exmo show on social media. And next time I'll be talking to another expressing motherhood alum. Bye.